From reviews to rankings, the big picture is all things movies. From in-depth analysis of the latest flick to sit-down interviews with some of the biggest movie stars and filmmakers on the planet, Sean Fennessy and Amanda Dobbins have got you covered. Check out the big picture on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? We back. Another episode. Second time this week. Now we're on a regular day. Tuesday, Thursday. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. That's what we got going (laughs) on, man. That's what we got going on. Can I start off the podcast with an analogy I was just thinking about that I want to flush out with you? What's that? So it's a baseball analogy because, you know, we're back. We're we're recording more as as C just set the table for. This is our... We're always going to give you your episode on Thursday and we're giving you additional episodes as well. And so things have changed in the baseball playoffs. So we'll set the table for the ALCS as well as game five between the Giants and Dodgers, which is happening Thursday night. But see, I was thinking about baseball and I was thinking about, you know, how much we love the playoffs and um, where the sport's at right now. And I was thinking about how they absolutely positively cannot have a work stoppage. Like they just can't, they need to figure it out without a work stoppage. And I was thinking about it, and I'm sure this will become a bigger topic in the offseason for us, but I was thinking about it the way I think about the Night King in Game of Thrones, right? Like, it's like, okay, you can have the Lannisters, right? And you can have the Starks, or you can have, you know, whatever different families you want on opposite sides, but like your battles don't matter if the Night King kills all of you, right? And... (laughs) And the players' union and yeah. the league, they should be looking at a work stoppage like the Night King. That's true. Because- that's a that's a great that was great right there. <laughs> yeah. Thank that's you, true. man. That's true. Thank you. Because Thank the sport you. is thriving right now. And I feel like like this time of year is the best time of year, you know, for the for the sport. And, you know, we're seeing new stars and we're seeing the game, you know, growing, I feel like, and you know, in and uh in, in different ways. So, man, a work stoppage right now would absolutely kill us, bro. I don't think they can afford it. I, I I think that right now, if you look at the way young viewers struggle to maintain attention with the sport of baseball, and you also look at the sport itself admitting the ways it has to grow and change, which I think is great, right? The stuff we talked about with Theo Epstein, I think that it would be, it's one thing that, you know, to deal with a work stoppage at the different times that this sport has in the past, we saw it, it proved particularly challenging for specific markets after 1994, right? Toronto's the one that comes to mind most. Um, I, I really, I, I, don't, I don't think this sport can afford to deal with that. I, I think that anything that either side gains from that stoppage, it will lose from the overall pie. And so it is imperative for the leaders on both sides, whether they know they're right or not, to understand that they have a common enemy, and that enemy is the Night King. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> nah, you said that perfectly. Perfectly. Thank you. So I, I just, you know, I was showering, I think, in the shower, and I thought of this analogy, and I wanted to share it with you. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> so, by the way, I'm wearing your face again. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, just I, a T-shirt, bro. Like, I wear, I wear this same shirt every day. Like, it's a the Roots of fight. fight stuff? Yeah. 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 It's, like, it's so comfortable, just man. just the first thing to throw on. You know what I'm saying? It, it's fantastic. It feels so good, man. It really is. Um, all right, see. So let's deal with the pain first. 
we have a in Astros. I was about to say Yankees, but we know that's not true. We have an <laughs> Astros Red Sox ALCS. Like, can you imagine there there isn't a worse ALCS right now for a Yankee fan than the one that we're gonna have to watch? Nah, not right now. But but there are there aren't two better lineups to watch right now either, though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. From, from baseball perspective and and being able to watch like two lineups go at it. Um, you know, I think these games are going to be high scoring, seven to nine and thirteen to ten. Like it's going to be some some crazy innings going on in Fenway and in in um in at uh in Houston with the Crawford yeah. boxes right there. Like it's it's uh it's going to get crazy. I think just because the pitching is thin on both sides. What is you face both these teams? Um, obviously some hitters have changed, but some have not. You know, a lot of these guys, especially. You know, some of those core Astros hitters you faced and you faced in the playoffs, you mm-hmm. know, multiple times. Um, what what's the 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 key to navigating that Astros lineup? I think for me, when I when I was facing that lineup, it was just keeping the ball close to him. Like whoever it was. I mean, if you saw that ball that that Carlos Correa hit off Rendon yesterday, that ball is two inches in further, he pops that up or he swings and misses it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just about Really executing your pitches, not so much how hard you throw or, or you know, your pitches. Like, the shape of them is just executing it and getting the balls in the right spots because you leave the ball out over the plate against Altuve, leave the ball out over the plate against Correa, uh, Michael Brantley, if you're not careful, um, it could be a long night for you. So it's just really about establishing that inside part of the plate on all of their hitters, the lefties and the righties, and then going to work from there. You got to try to get them in swing mode, too. Like, you need to, yeah. get, you need to get Altuve – Swing in the bat. Like, I remember in uh, 17, I remember right away, we just, we, we started throwing them sliders. Like, backdoor sliders, backdoor sliders. He swung at the first two, and then we just kept it going. You know what I'm saying? We went back foot, back door. We just kept move, going back and forth. But as long as he was in swing mode, we just kept throwing the same pitch. Yeah, you guys as a pitching staff did an incredible job against their offense in 2017. And then in 2019, did a pretty decent job as well. Not the same as the 2017 uh, pitching staff, but I remember I was amazed in 2017 with the way you held their offense down throughout that series. It was crazy. I mean, you you obviously had a great plan and were able to execute it. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, we were a couple pitches away, um, you know, from being able to advance. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the key is, you know, getting the ball close to them, making sure that you are filling up the strike zone and get them in, in, in swing mode and, you may be able to get some good, some some quick early outs. When you're getting people in swing mode, like how see how do you do that without walking guys, right? Like if you're if you're getting them to chase, like how how do you do that? How, yeah, what's so, the best so way to execute it, that? It's just to establish the 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 strike zone early. You know what I mean? Like whether it's two seamers or your four seamer, whatever you have, just just filling up the strike zone and getting them. Up there, okay. like, oh damn, he's coming after us. You know what I'm saying? To getting them swinging, getting them in, getting them in the mode where they're coming up to the plate, ready to hack, and then you can you can work off of that. You can throw some change ups. You can throw some, you know, some two seamers or some backdoor sliders. You know, if if you get the fastball working early. So that's interesting. Okay, so if you're throwing strikes and it forces them to swing, yeah. then they're going to be more likely to swing once you expand the zone. I mean, even if you look at uh, uh, the, just thinking about games that I pitched in, like yeah, um, seventeen and. Game five against Cleveland, they came out. They were going to be very patient, but we were able to establish the backdoor, uh, the backdoor slider early, and then my fastball. But just for some reason, my cutter was a strike that day, so they had to swing. You know, by the, by the third inning, 
you can't sit back. It's an elimination game. You know what I'm saying? So you can't yeah. sit back and just keep letting me get strike one, strike two. Now it's backdoor slider. Like I had nine strikeouts in that game in four or five innings just because at the beginning they were very, very patient and just trying to wait me out. And I was able to just start throwing strikes and flipping them in there and it got into a good group. That's interesting. I, I also do think there's something to see about, I don't know if you feel this on the mound. I feel this as a fan. There's something when I see a pitcher go out and start pumping strikes in a playoff game, almost like what we saw in Avaldi do against the yeah. Yankees in the wild card game, where you feel like, oh, like this person's like, no, I got my stuff today. You know, like you're not going to, you're not getting free passes. Like it, yeah. it's kind of the opposite of what Walker Bueller talked to us about. Yes, but, it is. It, but but it's interesting because as a fan, I gain confidence when I see see my starter in a playoff game pumping it in the strike zone. It just puts the other teams on their heels. You know what I'm saying? When when yeah. a guy comes out ultra aggressive like that, and and you're right. I mean, Evo came out super aggressive, like pumping strikes. Here we are. Like let's go. Like I'm coming after you guys. And it just it just it just you know you you get you set back a little bit. Um. And, and once once the pitcher has that advantage, man, it's, it's easy to go to work. Who's the the hitter in the Astros lineup who you worried about most? Um, it was Altuve. It like I, I didn't I didn't want him up with runners on. Um, so I was always trying to keep the base. You always hear me talk about that, keeping the bases clear when the guy that I'm trying to you know go to work on or the guy that I won't beat me um, that I don't want to beat me is up. Um, but I think this this lineup, I think Michael Brantley. I think Michael Brantley is is the professional hitter. I think he's the guy. You saw Altuve yesterday, first pitch of the game, double, and then he, you know, he's he's right on Michael Brantley's right behind him, rolling over just to get him to third base. So I think if you can neutralize Michael Brantley and his at bats and 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 not throw him a lot of pitches, I think it'll help you out with the rest of the lineup. So he's the guy you look at above anyone else. So you're like, I, I got to so. be careful with this guy. Yeah, yeah. but I, his at-bats are just so professional and so long, he lets the guy see so many pitches. You know what I mean? Behind yeah. him. So if you can if you can get him to bounce out early. Like for me, I would always throw him a 2C Marine. He was always super aggressive against me. So 2C hmm. Marine, I would you know, get a nice little ground ball to second base and keep it moving. I have to say, of all the players that I've looked at in recent history and been confused as to why they're not – more hotly pursued. Michael, Michael Brantley's at the top of the list. He's, he's at the top guys. of the list. He dude, is. and he and the and contracts was, he's gotten are like but, these very afford like they're not he hasn't gotten these outsized contracts you regret. He signs these short-term deals for like, you know, what's his what was his latest deal with the Astros? I think it's two it was for 20, right? Or 2 for two, two, like two for 32. Crazy. Yeah. 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 But, I, yeah. but do you remember that day that he signed in the group chat, I was freaking out because he had, it was reported he signed with the Blue Jays. And I was yes. like, oh, we're fucked. Like, yeah. if Michael Bradley yeah. goes up there with that young lineup and is yeah. able to, like, with, with Springer and fucking Bo Bichette and what Vladdy did, and you put Michael Bradley in the middle of that shit, we would have been completely fucked. Like, the, it, the, like, it, like I remember that? I was, like, freaking yeah, out I on do, the group I chat. Do. Like, we cannot yeah. let them sign in Toronto. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, well, he's it, very underrated. And, and, like, but... Players know, guys know, like pitchers know, like any any lineup he's in, it's going to be a tough lineup to face. Yeah, man. I mean, he's the guy who I really wanted the Yankees to go after because I thought he was just the perfect lefty to have in their lineup and had the kind of bat to ball skills they need. Right? Like he's like you, a Matsui. Yes. You know? Yes. Like he can he can yes. hit the ball all over the field, yes. like lefties, righties. He's like Matt. He's like he's like he's yeah. like Matsui. Like he like he controls the barrel and the strike zone. Or with both lefties and righties, like I've never seen before. Only other person is, is Matsui from a left-handed from the left-handed batter's box. 
get that runner in from third with less than two outs. Like bring in the lefty yeah. to face him. He's gonna get you every time. Like yeah. anytime they used to bring in the lefty to face Matsu, he'd be screaming from the dugout. What the yeah. fuck are y'all doing? Y'all don't do not look at his numbers because he kills lefties, guys. Like we loved it. So Michael Brantley's that that type of guy. Man, I I couldn't agree more. I oh, I really thought he was the guy the Yankees should have put in their lineup. But if you look at like I think people got scared a little bit because of the injuries that he had mm-hmm. in sixteen and seventeen in Cleveland. And but if you look at his years in Cleveland before that, I mean he was excellent. And then now take. Step away from 16, 17. You look at 18, 19, 20, 21, right? Where he, I think he signed a one-year deal with Houston for 19, and now he signed a two for 32 for these last two. This guy's hit over 300 each of the last four years. His OPS is always, you know, at or above eight something. And for me, the thing I like most is he doesn't strike out. Here's his strikeouts the last few years. This year, he struck out 53 times. Last year, short in season 28. Year before, 66. Year before, 60. Year before, 50. I mean, these are, Those are unheard really of low strikeout yeah. numbers in today's day and age. Yeah. Like, I, he is... Oh, see, that's so interesting that you highlighted him because I think people always go to Bragman, Correa, Altuve. But, man, I'm uh, so glad you pointed him out because Brantley is that, so underrated. Because it's that long at bat that you have with him where he's fouling off shit and you can't and you're yeah. throwing everything you got. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. in the first inning. Like, and you're trying to get him out, you're throwing everything you got, and all these guys are seeing your shit. And then he yeah. ends up walking or hits a line drive to left or right field, and now you got Correa. You leave some shit over the plate, two nothing. Yeah. That's simple. Are, they, are those hitters, the hitters who spoil everything, are they the most frustrating to face? Bro, it's just like, cuz, let me just throw it to you underhand so you can get the fuck out of the box. Like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like seriously, like, I hated yeah. facing guys that would just foul my shit off. Like, yeah. not really trying to get a hit, not yeah. really trying to do damage. Like, just yeah. up there fucking with me. Cuz, here, let me just toss it to you. Like, do whatever you're gonna do. But, like, yeah. like I'm wasting pitches on you. Yeah, pitchers hate that shit. Like, I, I hated guys that, that, was, that weren't, that were just professional hitters like that. Like, Michael Brantley... Never gave me a lot of problems because I was left-handed. But, like, there were other guys that I was just like, fuck this, man. Like, seriously, let me just toss it to you. Longoria, let me just toss it to you because, like, do whatever you're going to do. Like. <laughs> <laughs> let me save my bullets here. Fuck, man. This shit pisses me off. still pisses me off. Uh, it's so funny, man. I, um, I love that you gave that answer. He is, I mean, he's a five-time All-Star. The guy, but I really think he's this grossly underrated player, even as he he's is. been a part of winning teams. Like, and, and I think in the clubhouse, too, like he makes a big difference. I always hear that in, in Cleveland. Yeah, good dude. Yeah, I hear that. And in, in the Cleveland clubbies are really tough. Like, they they are they are judgy, and they <laughs> yeah. love him. So uh, he, he's got rave reviews in Cleveland. He's a good dude. All right, looking at the Red Sox lineup, you know, you've also had to face a lot of their hitters. Some of them you haven't, but most of them you have. And, you know, most of them multiple times. What would be kind of your key if you're an Astros pitcher going up against that that Red Sox lineup? Man, I think it's got to be Kike, right? Like, he is on fire right now. And I yeah. just think, you know, if you can get some stuff soft going away from him, you know, you got a better chance of getting him out. I think everything, anything hard, you know, in, inner, middle, in, um, or anything coming into him, he can handle really well. His hands are really, really quick. So you got to, they got to figure out a way to get stuff soft away from him and try to get him to hit the ball to, you know, 
the right 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 field, right right side of second base. You know, you got to keep try to keep him in right center. But anything from center field to left, he can handle and 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 he he can do a lot of damage. So I think it's Kike. I mean, Kyle Schwarber too, because he's yeah. the first hitter of the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you ain't on point, he will take you deep. But I think it's Kike. What did you think? You know, this has been a trend in recent years, right? Putting that power hitter in the leadoff spot. Yeah, hey, I don't like it, that. Like p- pitching, no, I hate yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because now all of a sudden it's like you got to be locked in from jump. You don't have this like meek, you know, speed dude. You don't have a Juan Pierre leading off. Like you, you have a guy who, if you make a mistake, it's one nothing. Soriano always gave me problems. Any lineup that he was in, that lineup yeah. was always tough to me because the night before, I'm already thinking about the first pitch of the fucking game. Because if I don't throw mm. it hard, and if it ain't a good pitch. It's one to nothing, cuz. Like, he's jogging yeah. around the fucking bases. So, you you thinking about that warming up. Like, you're getting ready for the first pitch. You know what I'm saying? Where in most starts, when you're facing a guy that that's, that can't take you deep at first, you're just getting ready for the game. Like, when you're yeah. warming up and you're facing Soriano or Kyle Schwarber or whoever else now that lead off games, uh, George Springer, you better be fucking ready. Like, that first pitch, but like, I would never yeah. in my life, I could never bring myself to throw an off-speed pitch first pitch. But I will always, to Soriano, throw him a fucking ball or, like, bounce it so that I can throw him a changeup or a slider second pitch. <laughs> so you never you never would throw anything other than a fastball no, first I pitch? I couldn't do that, bro. I threw way too hard. I'm too way too big of a guy. I talk way too much shit to, for the first pitch of the game to throw a fucking changeup or a slider. Get the uh, fuck out of here. So you were afraid they're going to say, like, what's up with that, see, oh, if, you, bro, if you throw that, a slider? That's like a, like, weak? Well, it's I'm weak? walking around on the mound like <laughs> big badass dude. You fucking throwing changeups first pitch of the game? Get the fuck oh. out of here. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. So you'd rather throw a fastball, have it ball. peppered into the second deck, no, just than throw, throw a, a change up and just have your manhood insulted. <laughs> <laughs> just throw a ball and then work from there, guys. <laughs> this is why R2C2 is the best podcast out there. You don't get this kind of psychology anywhere else. You just don't. How, who, where do you, how do you expect? I mean, we'll obviously be talking throughout it, but who do you think wins this Astros-Red Sox series? Man, I think the Astros. I think yeah, I do throws. too. I mean, I don't, I don't see either team having enough pitching. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, it, but if I had to to lean towards somebody's pitching, it would be Boston because of Evo and uh, Rodriguez. And if Chris Sale can give you anything, like, like yeah. who knows if Chris Sale can show up and give you five innings of no run ball, then you in the game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. If I had to lean towards anybody, anyone's pitching, it would be Boston's, but. Just my gut is telling me that the Astros are going to out-hit them. Yeah, I I think that um, I think also having home field advantage, you know, um, and and I think for the Astros there is this added level of validation, right? Even though they don't have all the same guys back, there is something to hey, even after you know, we were shamed, scorned, got caught, you know, don't think we're not still an excellent and talented team because look what we can do when we're not cheating. I, I, I'm sure there's some sort of energy there of wanting to prove themselves and, and, or, but or validate. Be, but there has to be energy for Alice Cora too, right? You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, Definitely. The, the Red Sox have him. that too. So, yeah, yeah, so it's the same for yeah. him. So, and, and I think, I mean, I think he's going to play a huge role in this. I mean, he knows both sides very, very yeah. well. Um, so I think he could be the key to this. Can can a Yankee fan even watch this series, or you just say like I can't turn that on? I, like a, a real Yankee fan can, yeah. but I but I can. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm no, a, I like, know you can, but I'm saying yeah, you think like a, a 
The no, Yankee fans, think, listen, no. I, yeah. Not I don't think all. they can watch it. Yeah. No. It was hard for me to watch the, the White Sox series, to be honest. Like, yeah. Just, just in general, the White Sox Astros series. But uh, the Red Sox, I had no problem watching that Red Sox race series. So um, I'll be watching this ALCS. But no, like a normal New Yorker could not watch this. This is going to be sickening for them. Both on sickening. both ends. It's I on mean, both ends. Like, it, like it's ridiculous. sickening. And it should be motivating for the organization. I know the organization is always motivated to win. But when you see like the two teams who were, you know, had controversy in recent years, who are your two most hated teams at this moment in time, the, facing and, and off the, in the ALCS. And the Rays, too, though. And like, the Rays, The three yeah. teams that, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? The three teams in the American League that we have, like, like beef with, yeah. like, all finished ahead of us. That should be motivating. Extraordinarily motivating. Do you think, does Correa interest you at all as a free agent? as the next shortstop of the New York Yankees. Man, I think his talent has to, right? You know what I'm saying? But Such a good playoff hitter, too. Oh, he turns it up in the playoffs. And that's why I told you on the group chat. Like, they all have a switch that they can yeah. hit. In the, like, five straight ALCSs. Like, they don't fucking... They don't miss, because, like... Yeah. When they have opportunities and runners on base in the playoffs, like that, that ball that Correa hit, like Bregman, like, they fucking come through every fucking time, because, like... And if yeah. they don't, like they 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 always have another opportunity. Like they they man, they are they are professional hitters in the playoffs, guys. You can't fucking deny it, man. Altuve's got 19 home runs in the playoffs, guys. Shit is it's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I, I think I would look at it and I'd say, you know, Correa, I don't know that he's gonna be the perfect fit for what the Yankees need in around everything else, but him being a public enemy, so to speak, to the Yankee fan base would not disqualify him for me if I was the Yankees. No, I like, mean, was, I, was Johnny Damon that? Yeah, when exactly. Said, right. You know and then you end up, And then you end up loving him. Roger the Yankee Clemens, fans love Damon. Exactly. Wade Boggs, all these guys. Exactly. If the guy performs for you, you'll end you'll up loving him. Yeah. How about, how about game five? What do you think happens in game five between the Giants and Dodgers? Man, I think it's going to be low scoring. But I, for some reason, because, and I don't know, for some reason... It's just telling me that the Dodgers are going to win this game. But I don't – I have no, like, logic or whatever. It's just because it's the Dodgers. You know what I'm saying? And I feel yeah. like for the whole year, we've been just waiting for this to happen, where they're going to catch the Giants. But, like, that's the only reason I'm picking them, just because the whole year we've been waiting for this to happen. And, and it hasn't yet. So a part of me thinks that the Giants, like, Webb's going to show up and fucking shut them out. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I really don't have no idea who's going to win this game, but just I'm just just picking the Dodgers because that's what we've been doing all year. You know, along those lines, I agree with you. When when I look at every team remaining, the team that I look at and I say like, oh, that's the best team is the Dodgers. That's the team I just is like instinctually so? go to. And so, for the same reasons you just said, you you know, you've been waiting for this moment, and that's why you lean. Is that's the same logic I'm using for why I think the Giants are going to win. Because all season long, I have felt like at some point they're going to turn into a pumpkin. And the Giants are no pumpkin. And they've Man. proven that at this point. And so I think same kind of thing. It's game five. Okay, this is finally the moment where the team that's obviously the best team, the Dodgers, finally gets rid of the Giants and they move. Except for no. Except for the Giants have been able to do this throughout the entire season. And I think this will be their final validating win in what has been 
probably the most disrespectful 107 win campaign Bro. we've ever seen. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Like, ever. I mean, ever. It's, just, it's been ridiculous, guys. Like, it's been it's been fun to watch Chris Bryant do his thing in the playoffs, though. Yeah. The way he can slow the game down and, you know, get knocks when he needs to. Like, it's crazy, man. They, 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 the Giants play great defense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's in San Francisco. I know those fans are going to turn up. That fan base is crazy, guys. Like, crazy. It's fun. It's going to be a fun game. So, uh, but the only reason I'm picking the Dodgers is just because I've been doing it all year. And I'm going to pick the Giants because you've been picking the Dodgers. We've been doing it all year. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's why why I'm picking the Giants. I really do. Like, I understand the urgency and the excitement of the five-game series. I also understand, you know, getting through the playoffs and whatnot. But I I really do. This is the kind of series where you really wish you had seven games and not five. And for me, like, because I'm a, like, I'm a, like the Brewers, I wish they had, a, I wish they had more games too. Like, I wish they would have had yeah. seven games to get a chance. I mean, they just didn't score enough runs, man. Like, it was, it was just tough sledding for them to score runs, but I wish, I wish they would have got seven games. You know, even though the offense proved to be a problem, I still don't love the energy of going into the playoffs with, you know, you one of your top Oh, no, because listen, last night. That, yeah. that was his inning, by the way. In the yeah, exactly. Last night. Exactly. Like, Hader right. shouldn't have been in that game right there. Like, yes. that was definitely Devin Williams' inning. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yes. I mean, it is. It's kind of one of those things that he's a multiple inning guy where he can go a couple innings. So, yeah, I mean, uh, watching Hader pitch last night, he's so nasty. He's just got to keep evolving. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think yeah. he needs to learn a little two-seamer right now, um, get these lefties off of him, because everything he throws at the lefties is just out away from him. Um, and that's what allowed Freddie to stay on that slider and be able to hit that slider in left center. That should never happen. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. if if he has a threat of throwing the ball in, it ain't no fucking way a lefty can stay on a slider and hit it out the left center like that. Is that hard to do, though, man? Just, like, be this deep into your career and be like, all right, I need a two-seamer. I'm going to learn one. No, it's not. I mean, if you can throw okay. a baseball, you can learn pitches. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's not. I mean, especially a fastball. I mean, that's that's something that you know, arm side that he can, you know, kind of let go, start over the plate and let it sink down in. Kind of like with those righties. Like if you watch Blake Trinan uh, with the Dodgers, I mean, he was disgusting last night against Chris Bryant. Yeah. Just throwing two seamers like right under his back. Hater can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of my career, I was doing that with 88. Like that, that kid throws 95. Like that's easy. I love and I'm fascinated by you giving such amazing insights just in this, you know, shorter pod of like these kind of little things that only you could speak to. Because a lot of times, like, I think that, right? I think like, why doesn't this pitcher add this or whatever? But you don't know how difficult or hard it is, right? And how long it takes to master, how long it takes to trust it. Like, I remember even having a conversation with Coney at the end of the regular season where he was talking about, I forget which young arm. It might have been heel. And he, mm-hmm. was, he was talking about, like, Heel was making mistakes with his changeup that got hit out a couple times. And I was saying, well, what's the balance between you need to use that third pitch as a starter, but you also don't want to get beat on it in certain spots, right? So, but it needs to be an option for you. So how do you kind of, how do you integrate it and get more comfortable in it, get more confident? And he was saying one of the keys is you use it in fastball counts. Right. So like if I'm learning that change up or it's my third best pitch, clearly, I don't want to get beat on it. But I'm you know, you kind of pitch backwards with it a little bit, you know, and don't look at it as like a put away pitch. Like if I'm 2 on the guy, I'm not throwing that change up. That's not my killer pitch. Like, but if I'm behind 2-0 and, you know, maybe that's where I drop it and I start to develop confidence in it. Is Was that kind of your approach too? 
Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, perfect. Like just it, any count where I could throw it for a strike. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So those are fastball counts. Like two one, uh, two zero, oh, one one for me was always a good changeup uh, count when I was learning it. Um, just because that was a, a swing mode count. Like when I was younger and it was a one one count, guys were just geared up for my heater. You know what I'm saying? So they were mm. swinging. So if I can drop a changeup in there, not even a good one. Like when it was, I would just try to throw it right down the middle, and it would always get me a ground ball or a swing and miss. Um, so yeah, I mean, integrating those pitches in a, in a in a spot where you can throw it for a strike, and it doesn't have to be perfect. You can get a yeah. take, and it, you know, you can freeze a guy with it. Uh, I think I think it helps you a lot. Where you're not trying to like put him away. Where you're not trying to put him away, you don't have to be perfect with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, yeah, yeah. Like heel, that's his third pitch. So if a guy gets two zero, he's looking fastball or slider. So if he drops yeah. a changeup in there, he can literally throw that shit right down the middle. For the most part, a guy's going to fucking like, oh, shit, what was that? The first, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, he's yeah. going to lock him up yeah. the first couple times. Yeah. No, that makes sense. See, that makes a lot of sense. Well, hey, man, uh, we just, we wanted to make sure to give the audience an episode on a Thursday. And we wanted to set the table for the ALCS as well as this Giants-Dodgers game five. Um, and so... Uh, we also thought we should give them the greatest analogy they've ever heard when it comes to baseball's upcoming labor disagreement. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what we're here for, right, C? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, you enjoy um, enjoy watching this game five uh, uh, between the Dodgers and Giants. I think it's going to be epic, man. I think it is, too. It's crazy because I got a, like a lot of my fam- family from home are Giants fans, so they got a lot riding on this shit. D is like nervous, super nervous. Really? So, yeah. <sighs> Big time Dude, Giants I, fan, so it should be fun. I didn't realize I love. I rooted for the Giants extraordinarily hard when Panic was there. Yeah. Like I, they were, they felt like my second team, like the 2014 World Series and playoffs. Oh my gosh, I was living and dying with every game. And like, you know, once he came up, I would stay up and watch all his games on the West Coast and Crook and Kipe, and I loved their broadcast. Um, and uh, and just like going to a game there, feeling the atmosphere, that gorgeous oh, ballpark, ridiculous. Oh my gosh, man, Very it's amazing. Stadium. It's funny because like I wish he was still with them because it was so fun to root for them. You know, yeah. like I I loved rooting for the Giants. It was so fun. Um, but because of that, I do still feel like a a a kinship to that team a little bit. Like because I rooted for them hard for like five years, including in playoffs. You know, so. I'll I'll be I'll, I'm sure like even though I like I like Mookie he's been great to us and I like the Dodgers and they're I think they're fun to watch um, and I also love their ballpark and I love the way it looks on TV as oh, well. That park is ridiculous. Oh, well, gorgeous. it's just California because California. Yeah, it's like you pick any pick pick any pick Cali. any park in California. Yeah, <laughs> pick any park in California. But I think I'll probably end up feeling myself root for the Giants even though I'll like I think I probably will just to yeah. see see them like finally get the validation they've really deserved all year like as a fan for like you talk about like a fan for me like this is a shitty yeah. a shitty thing that's a shitty series for me to watch because i'm an ace fan so yes. like i can't root for yes. the dodgers obviously with fucking the home run in the world series and obviously yep. i hate i hated the giants growing up so like yeah i mean for me this is like watching this is like a new yorker watching the astros in the in the in the red sox yeah that's right that's right you're you're experiencing what the New Yorker is about to experience in the ALCS. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, see, uh, you have the, the most delightful evening. And um, you know what? We'll do it again next week multiple times because that's what we're doing, man. We're cranking out the apps. Yes, sir. Big shout out to our outstanding producers, Sadie Zillow and Bobby Wagner. You know, CeCe and I would be lost without both of those wonderful humans. 
follow us on all your social channels. Make sure you're following us on Spotify. New episodes every Thursday like this one and bonus episodes as well. Peace, everybody. Peace.